G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, on a Tuesday, our Ask Alex segment. And if you have a finance question for our finance expert, Alex Cook, 1-800-316-316. Could be all sorts of scenarios, although we'll touch today on some significant things that are happening in uh, certainly southeast Queensland and communities virtually along the whole of the New South Wales coast that have experienced severe flooding with thousands having either damaged or lost or destroyed homes. Alex Cook, we'll get to the money issues around disasters, but uh, welcome along, by the way. Uh, Perhaps let's start with the thought that many people are even disappointed with God when these sorts of things happen. Uh, You've had a few thoughts around uh, people's attitude to disasters? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, this is something that I think we all face in our life at some point. Now, not necessarily natural disasters, not all of us necessarily go through that, Um, but we all face hardships at some point in our lives. You know, it could be health hardships, it could be, um, you know, financial hardships, uh, or it could be uh, natural disasters. And of course, our human nature is uh, is to question these things. You know, as a as a Christian, I believe in a good God, you know, a God that loves us and loves humanity. And so, of course, the natural question then becomes: is, you know, why? How is it that God could allow this to happen? And, you know, it really, um, you know, what I've found over the years with many people, it pushes them closer to God or it can push them away from God. You know, it tends to push in either direction. Um, But, of course, the the natural question I think people would be asking at this time is, you know, if God is good and he's in control, how can he allow these things to happen? And I think there is is an unfortunate sense in that we won't, fully ever know why God allows these things to happen but we do know some possible answers to it and one is that it might be part of a a bigger plan that we're not actually aware of you know we don't know what God's we know his ultimate mission but we don't know um, where we necessarily fit into that plan and what particular circumstances necessarily mean the other thing of course is these natural disasters are you know they're horribly they're humbling to to all of us when we go through them Um, and it's also you know a reminder of the brevity of life and the fragility of life and I think when these things happen what God is doing is not wanting us to suffer he's actually wanting to draw us to him and so forth and of course um, you know so that's there's a lot to be learnt through these things you know uh, and God also understands our suffering he himself suffered when he died on the cross for us so there's that these kind of things so there's a lot to be learnt from these you know these terrible things that can occur in our lives you know sometimes there's issues around you know, is it God's judgment and all those sort of things? But, you know, the reality is we can't necessarily know the answers to many of these things. It's not clear to us. We're not God. Uh, and so we have to have faith and to, to walk through it. Um, but to, just to give a, a fantastic example of many would have heard of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement. There's a beautiful story about him. He, you know, this is from the 18th century. He was out horseback riding one day. And uh, yeah, as you do in those days, no, no motor vehicles or planes to worry about. And uh, he's out riding and a guy rode up to him on horseback and said, Mr. Wesley, Mr. Wesley, 
your house is burnt down. Now, let's be honest, given the natural disasters that we're talking about that are going on, our, most of us' reaction would be, you know, horror that we've just been told that. But John Wesley uh, looked back at the guy, uh, you know, he pondered for a while that what he's just been told, looked back and said, he said, no, you're mistaken. It was the Lord's house that's burnt down, and now I have one less thing to worry about. Now, I say that not to make light of anything and anyone who's just lost their house, but I say that because what God is often doing in these circumstances is to put things into perspective, you know, to put material things into its rightful place and to put God first back in our life rather than those material things that we hold and cling on to. So, yes, it's horrible, but there can be great things that come out of it. There can be blessing and there can be all sorts of learning and us drawing closer to God during these very, very tough seasons. I guess we are encouraged uh, that uh, we're not in the dark in some sense here because we haven't been promised that everything will be perfect. There is a certain stream of uh, some areas of faith that say, come to Jesus and everything will be wonderful and looking at life through rose-coloured glasses. Uh, That's not Mm. a biblical foundation there. Uh, There is hardship. You know, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So it brings us to, you know, what role we might have as believers, because uh, there's been headlines here uh, that uh, are all about, you know, the government's response, or the army didn't turn up fast enough. Uh, There's a certain sense in which blame and finger-pointing is going on. Let me ask you your thoughts here, Alex Cook, while we're talking Believers and finance, uh, is there a role for believers when bad stuff happens? Oh, it's it's enormous, um, and I think it's a fantastic opportunity. I mean, God created us to do good works. He didn't create... We're not saved by our works. You know, there's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven, but we are certainly called to do good works that's part of the christian life you know jesus commanded us that we're to let our light shine before men so that they may see our good works and that that brings glory to our father in heaven so when we do uh, help people you know and participate in acts of compassion and helping people through tough times we are actually pointing them to jesus by doing that so when natural disasters occur you know it's a fabulous opportunity for us to sort of roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty um and there's all sorts of things we can do. We can provide comfort. We can provide finances. Uh, we can provide shelter. There's all sorts of things we can do. But the analogy that I'd like to give people to think through, because uh, then we can sort of think through our particular role, is an army analogy. And uh, the army, you know, the Bible tells us we're in a war anyway, a spiritual war. But if you think of it like this, some of us are on the front line. So maybe you're in that natural disaster area. You Maybe you haven't necessarily been directly affected, but you're on the front lines. You've got neighbours that have been affected, who've lost their homes. You you are in a you're in a tough position, but you're in a position where you can really provide those arms and legs to do things, move things, fix things, etc. Then there are those who are bringing in reinforcements. So these are the people coming in from behind who are bringing in resources, bringing in you know water, bringing in repairs, all that kind of stuff to to reinforce. And then there are those that are back home, and most people listening haven't been affected, and they're back home, and their job is to fund the campaign. So each of us in the body of Christ has a different role to play. And of course, this is true of other aspects of life. But when it comes to natural disasters, I think that's a really useful analogy for us to to think through. But what a fantastic opportunity we have before us right now for us to step up the plate. And, you know, you did mention government (laughs) and what's their role. Um, And look, my view is government does obviously have a place uh, to help. 
But unfortunately, in our Western culture, we've come to this point in our society, which I think is quite sad, where we believe that the government is there to solve all of our problems, right? There's this sort of this weird view out there that the government has endless funds, can finance whatever it wants, and uh, the opposition always says, oh, you've never done enough. But to me, I believe a day is coming when the government won't be able to do much. You know, the Bible warns us of natural disasters and that they're going to get greater as before Jesus returns. And so I think there's a very... Uh, a day coming where government just won't be able to help and it will be the church's responsibility it will be us to do and i believe that it's god that wants us to solve society's problems not for us to default back to the position of the government doing it so great opportunity i think for um for us as believers to actually be very relevant and meaningful our society by helping people through their time of need and of course doing the most important thing which is sharing the gospel with them through this and pointing them to eternity because natural disasters you know get people questioning the meaning of life you know what's going on and of course what an opportunity we have to share the good news of Jesus with them when that happens we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316 you might have a finance question for Alex Cook our Ask Alex segment let's take a call Alfie is in Brisbane, Queensland. Hello, Alfie. Welcome. Hey, hello. How are you doing? Very good, Alfie. What are your thoughts or do you have a question? Yes, um, I just want to say I do enjoy the, um, the Alex Cook on Wednesday. I tried to listen to it on the podcast. My question is, you know, not in the direction of the conversation is going, but um, I just recently got married, um, 26, and myself and my fiancé were thinking in terms of, you know, starting a business, for example, like a baking um, like a baking, you know, shop or a coffee shop. Like, where would you be able to seek financial help from? Because especially if you don't have an history, you know, um, of getting money from the banks, um, where which which opportunity would you be able to tap into? Because you would need quite, you know, a lot of um, money to be able to start your own business. Um, but usually, banks would be hesitant to to you know. Be, be willing to give to someone, especially if you if you have no if you have not you know going in that direction before. So, Alfie, that's my question for Alex. congratulations on your recent marriage. Looking to go into yeah. business, uh, Alex. Your thoughts for Alfie. Uh, well, firstly, I love the question because I love all things entrepreneurial. So the fact that there's someone out there, Alfie, wanting to have a go, start his own business. Uh, you know, I, did, I started my first business at 29 uh, and best thing I ever did. So I, I strongly, <laughs> not that I want to tell you what to do, but I love the fact that you want to get out there and have a go and start your own thing because I think um, there's enormous opportunity um, for people to do that uh, and enormous freedom and enormous kingdom good that can come out of it. Uh, but in terms of the resources and the money to have it. Now, you've got a range of options. Um, the first one's a bit of a slower option, and that is that you save the money first. Um, the other thing, is, and when I say save the money to, because obviously you're going to have to find a facility, maybe there's things you can do on the side. You know, if, you, if you've got an interest in, I think it was baking you were saying, then why not do some certain things on the side for, for parties and things like that where you can make a bit of a side income stream uh, whilst you get to the point when you can then afford to lease a facility um, uh, and then run you know, a full business from there. So see what you can do. Because uh, one of the reasons why small business fails is they often have too many costs up front. You know, they've got a lease, they've got all these sort of costs, and therefore they run out of money quickly. So you want to start small, potentially as a side hustle, uh, and build up an income and build up a reputation for producing really good products. But also build up your savings. Because one of the things when you start your own business is many people discover that... Um, it doesn't make as much money as you think it will early on. It takes longer to get it going. And therefore, you need reserves to fall back upon 
to make sure um, that you have uh, enough to live on whilst you're getting your business up and running. So that's that's the, that one option. Another option is you go into partnership with someone. So someone who's already got money, can they can seed, put some seed capital in and you enter into a partnership arrangement. That has some pros and cons because obviously there's relationship issues and so forth, but someone might already have the money. They can step into the plate. They believe in what you're doing and they can see the good that's going to come out of it. And so they do that. Um, and so essentially, you're not borrowing money, but someone else is taking a stake in what you do, okay? So you're giving up something in order to gain something and get started sooner. Of course, there is going to a bank now. To go to a bank, you're going to need to be able to prove that you've got experience and that it's likely to succeed. That makes it a bit more challenging. Not impossible, but a bit more challenging. Um, so there's a few different paths you can go down. But look, fantastic question, and yeah, God bless you with it. Alfie, does that answer your question? Yes, it did. Thank you very much. Alfie in Brisbane, thanks so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might have a finance question around anything to do with uh, whether it's business, uh, any finance or investment, uh, you're welcome to call. 1-800-316-316. It's only a short segment, so uh, uh, need to get to those phones. Hey, when we talk about responses to natural disasters, uh, the flooding disaster, which is huge, uh, let's talk uh, some finance areas here. Uh, some have had insurance, uh, others didn't have insurance. Uh, there's challenging times here, Alex, for, uh, for people who've gone through the flood disaster, especially for those who didn't have insurance. That's right. Um, but I do want to give some good news here. And there are lots of practical things. And uh, despite the public criticism of government in the media, there are lots of different things here. And there's also a lot of private sector organisations like banks that have stepped up to the plate to provide relief. So as you say, the first one is the insurance one. Some people don't have it, but of course, if you do have it, make sure you've got you know flood damage and you're hopefully you're going to get a payout of some sort. Um, but let's assume that you have a loan, because many people listening to this you know, would have owned a home and they would have had a loan attached to that. Um, many of the banks will allow certain things, such as deferred repayments, so they'll let you have a payment holiday, as we call it. Some might waive your fees, and others might allow you to consolidate your debts into one loan at a lower rate. So there's a range of things you can do there, and I would encourage you to be on the front foot. Don't wait for them to call you because you're in default. Actually get on the front foot and ask for help, and most banks will try and accommodate you while you rebuild and you know go through that kind of life process. So that's the banking side of it. Then, of course, there's health insurance companies. If you've got health insurance, many of those are offering uh, relief and you know premium relief and so forth to help you through this tough time. And utility companies, same thing. You know, if you've got your electricity and gas, all of those companies are also providing some relief as well. But the big one, of course, is the Fed, is the government, and there are a whole range of things here. And I'll refer people to websites because, of course, these things get updated daily, uh, and the different depending on which state you're in, there are different opportunities here. But the federal government has stepped in with quite a bit, bit of assistance, and the two main websites to look at here are Services Australia. That's Services Australia, and the government's also set up a disaster site that's been going for. A while called recovery.gov.au. So they're the two big federal government ones. Then, depending on if you're in New South Wales or Queensland, they also have a number of payments as well. So newsouthwales.gov.au and the Queensland QLD.gov.au. So they're the websites you can check out. Just to give you a bit of a snapshot of the types of things that are available though, um, the federal government's giving a one-off disaster payment. There's also a recovery allowance, which is kind of like job seeker. You know, it's like the like the doll that, that, some, that people get. They've got 13 weeks of disaster allowance. 
sometimes childcare, additional childcare subsidies. If you're in New South Wales and you're a small business, then they're offering um, grants for small businesses to up to $50,000 to um, you know, get yourself back uh, operating and trading again and a few other grants as well. And likewise in Queensland, and once again, there, look, there are so many of these different types of payments. I, I'd encourage you to check out the website, but Queensland is also offering different ones. Um, I don't like encouraging people to take money out of their super. Some people would probably know, but the tax office laws allow for what we call hardship provisions. So when you take money out of super, you have to satisfy a condition of release. And one of those conditions is hardship. So if you're in hardship as a result of a flood, you can apply to the ATO and they may allow you to take out a certain amount of money. Usually it's up to $10,000. So there's a whole range of different things you can check out um, to get help. The only thing I'd say people is be proactive, get on the front foot, particularly with banks, and uh, take advantage of all the people out there that are willing to help you get through this tough season. I mean, it's one of the things about being living in Australia, and where we are blessed, is there is lots of options. Okay, taking calls, if you have a finance question, 1-800-316-316. In fact, uh, let's squeeze one more call in. Fiona is in Victor Harbour in South Australia. Hi, Fiona, welcome. Hello, how are you going? Very good, Fiona. What are your thoughts? Uh, I would like to ask about planning for the future, given the WellGet Economic Forum is planning the Great Reset for us, so that they're planning a financial crash so that we own nothing and be happy. And they've they've started this off making use of the pandemic and now the war in Ukraine on the breadbasket of Europe. And then there'll be an internet crash and then a financial crash so that banks will crash and your money will be worth nothing. So what's the best way to invest now? Good thoughts, Fiona. Alex (laughs) Cook. Uh, you probably it's haven't a, got a, a long a, time to answer here, but uh, no, yeah, no, look, your best look, shot. Yeah. Funny enough, I want to do an episode on the Great Reset, so you have to keep tuning in because it's the one I do want to address because this is, um, it is out in the open, you know, the World Economic Forum. Some people listening think, oh, is this a conspiracy theory? No, the World Economic Forum are out there specifically saying what they want to do. Basically, they, they couch it in much uh, nicer language. They say we want to sort of reimagine capitalism and all these kind of things. They use fairly flowery language to make it sound like it's to your benefit. Uh, rea- reality of it is it's really um, socialism slash communism um, dressed up uh, in, in a different way. And it is, of course, about control. And, of course, that's the, the opposite. It's very demonic in that sense because... Uh, Christianity brings liberation, it brings freedom, and what these people are trying to do is control people. It's the exact opposite of that. Now, how can you prepare for it? Well, um, the answer is it's difficult to answer because we just don't know what they'll succeed in achieving. There's no question that certain things are under uh, underway, and you can see some of the things they have uh, planned on their website and so forth. Um, but to me, I look at biblical principles here. One and people have heard me say this before, you need to diversify your assets. If you're investment, if you have investments, I think ultimately they will fail, by the way. Um, so you need to diversify your investments. Don't have all your eggs in one basket. You know, you've got to make sure maybe you have a mixture of things, whether it's um, cash and bonds and so forth. Uh, you have, uh, you have, you know, precious metals. There's all sorts of different assets. The Bi- I'm not going to tell you which ones to have necessarily, but the point is you need to diversify. That's what the, the Bible tells us. Of course, I think we need to trust in God through this sort of process because we just don't know exactly how these things will play out. We do know that there, are, there is evil in the world and that there are people with evil agendas. 
agendas. Uh, and the reality is we need to trust God that he is going to provide for us through these things. So the best thing we can do is actually prepare our hearts for, for more challenging seasons rather than just preparing for our finances. In saying that, we should listen closely to God as he guides us and directs us. You know, God gives gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. And the, the way you're going to tap into that is through a very personal relationship with God uh, to get you through uh, whatever comes our way, you know, whether it's war, whether it's, you know, there's all these things that can happen in the world that, you know, are very dramatic. Um, but I believe God will get us through. And I believe uh, those that are prepared with their hearts will be the ones that will get through it much easier than the, um, the rest of us. Um, because, yeah, there are challenging times ahead. One of the things in Western culture is we've uh, reaped what we've sown. And that is too much debt. So that one of the big things I've, I've banged on about this for, you know, Neil's heard me talk about a million times, is get out of debt. If you want to prepare yourself for this, uh, get out of debt. You know, debt, yeah, debt will be harmful and inflation's high at the moment. Interest rates are going to go up and they'll try and enslave people through the, the financial system through too much debt. So there's lots of biblical things we can do. Um, you know, the Bible doesn't say debt's sinful, but it does warn us that it can enslave us. So, you know, get out of debt is also another great way you can prepare as well. Fiona, I hope that was a, a good response. Uh, certainly a lot in that short response. But Fiona, thank you so much for your call. Time has run out, Alex Cook, and uh, no doubt listeners would look forward to a segment specifically focused on some of those issues around uh, the World Economic Forum and those sorts of plans that uh, there are those who are trying to devise for our future. As you say, uh, some of those may succeed, some of them may not. Uh, no doubt, in a time like this, having God walking alongside you as a partner in your own finances, as you say, is one of the best things that we ought to be thinking uh, very seriously about as Christian believers and submitting our finances to Him. For listeners who want to connect with Alex Cook, Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. You can find Alex on his website, wealthwithpurpose.com. Lots of free resources there about, as a Christian, how you organize your finances, free ebooks, the My Toolkit, the free videos and podcast content on there as well. You can follow Alex on Facebook and Twitter. There's even an Ask Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email address if you have a specific question. Alex, just great getting your insights. I want to thank you once again for taking time to share those with listeners today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Great to be with you as always. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 